Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 43 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. There may have been some sort of consensual behaviour at the start of this night's activity, but we say that you can be sure that whatever may have started willingly, there is no way that Natalie either consented to or was able to consent to what John Broadhurst did to her after that, leading to her untimely, unseemly and tragic death. Prosecutor David Mason QC, Birmingham Crown Court, November 2018. before Christmas 2016, at 9.24am on the morning of Sunday, December 18th, the emergency services were alerted to an address on Kenrose Mill in Kinver, a village in Staffordshire. Paramedics from the West Midlands Ambulance Service arrived at the scene and found a young woman in cardiac arrest. 
mother of one 26-year-old Natalie Connolly, was found unresponsive. Although paramedics did what they could, Natalie was pronounced dead at the scene. A flood of comments were posted on Facebook, describing a young woman who was clearly well-loved and dearly missed. A friend posted, They say they take the best. Fly high up there, angel. Natalie's mother also wrote, My heart, my life, my soul. Flowers and tributes were left outside the home in Kinver. One read, To mummy, miss you so much. A neighbour on Kenrose Mill, Brian Davis, said Natalie and her partner had not lived at the address long. The retired journalist told a reporter for the Daily Mail, They only moved in about five weeks ago. I spoke to Natalie a couple of times. She was always happy enough. She and her partner were supposed to fly to Dubai on Sunday for Christmas and New Year. He spoke to me on Friday night while I was paying the milkman and said they wanted a milkman to start coming on January 2nd. Brian Davis believed the couple were only renting while they were waiting for a property to be built in Chattersley Corbett, Kidderminster, around 10 miles away. Emergency vehicles and a police car were photographed outside the sizeable five-bedroom property, worth in the region of £600,000. A male in his late 30s who reported the discovery was first questioned by a police officer, and soon after was taken into custody. The suspect, who detectives believed may have been involved in Natalie's death, was released on bail until March of the following year. After scene of crime officers cordoned off the address and began their investigation, an initial post-mortem was undertaken on Natalie's body, However, the results proved inconclusive, so additional testing was requested. Natalie Connolly's death was being treated as suspicious. Addressing the local press, Staffordshire Police Sergeant Richard Gorman said, Our investigation into her tragic death continues, and I would ask people not to speculate until this is complete. The public were urged to contact Crime Stoppers if they had any information, with Sergeant Gorman stressing, no personal details are taken, information cannot be traced or recorded, and you will not go to court. A funeral service was held at Wire Forest Crematorium three months later, on Monday, February 13, 2017. Natalie was described by her friends as the life and soul of the party. She was always fun, a free spirit. Any donations made were passed to Natalie's daughter. Almost a year to the day after Natalie Connolly was found dead, a development in the case came when someone was charged with her murder. 
The suspect was identified as 39-year-old John Broadhurst, who then lived three and a half miles south on Blake's Hall Farm in Wolverley near Kidderminster. The millionaire worked as a property developer and reportedly had a fortune in the region of £15 million. He was described as a Midlands property tycoon, with Broadhurst often seen being picked up and dropped off by his chauffeur. From Cannock Magistrates Court, the murder charge was also laid along with a charge of assault by penetration. Broadhurst appeared the next day, Thursday, December 14th, at Stafford Crown Court. He was released on conditional bail, and after a delay, a trial was scheduled for November 2018, 23 months since the incident. John Broadhurst denied murder. There were few details in the press. The circumstances of Natalie Connolly's death remained a mystery to the public until the trial. There was only one account of what happened on that night, and that came from John Broadhurst. As Natalie Connolly was dead, she could not put forward her side of the story and dispute the arguments made by Broadhurst and his legal team. Broadhurst claimed that following a day and night of partying, he woke up after 9am. He found Natalie unresponsive at the bottom of the stairs, so he called the emergency services. A portion of the transcript of that call read, I think she's probably dead. I woke up this morning, went downstairs. We had been drinking. Broadhurst repeated the words, Oh my God, as he tried to perform CPR. He told police in a subsequent interview that Natalie seemed okay before he retired to bed around 3am. From the outside in, it seemed the 26-year-old receptionist was in a loving relationship with a man 13 years her senior. Natalie's twin sister would label Broadhurst as smitten. The two had met after being introduced by Natalie's father at the Wagon and Horses pub in Bewdley. They began seeing each other around the middle of 2016, with the pair often attending business meetings throughout not just England, but the UK. Broadhurst's then fiance was pregnant with his second child. They kept their relationship a secret for a time, before he broke off the engagement to the mother of his children. Broadhurst bought Natalie a car, and the pair went to many social gatherings as partners. She told her mother that she was working as his personal assistant. There were periods in her life when Natalie struggled to make ends meet, however things seemed to be improving. They got to know each other's children, and there seemed to be no cause for concern. Following the post-mortem on Natalie's body, it was revealed that part of the cause of her death was acute alcohol intoxication. Traces of drugs were found in her system, cocaine, amphetamines and poppers, and her blood alcohol level was more than five times the drink-drive limit. 
based on the comments made by people that knew them, the couple were in love. However, and more ominously, acute alcohol intoxication wasn't the only cause. This was combined with blunt force injuries. A prosecutor would later say that Natalie had been left in a, quote, dreadful state. On December 17th, 2016, Natalie Connolly and John Broadhurst went to watch a football match during the day, West Bromwich Albion against Manchester United. A photo of Natalie widely circulated to the media, pictured her in the corporate hospitality area at the Hawthorns, the home ground to West Bromwich Albion. She appears happy, dressed in a white top, smiling to the camera, with Christmas decorations hanging behind her. The first part of the evening was spent eating a curry at an Indian restaurant. The two had been drinking alcohol throughout the day. Witnesses would later testify that the pair seemed to be getting on well. From there, they were picked up by Broadhurst's chauffeur and dropped off at the address on Ken Rose Mill in Kinver. The driver subsequently returned to the property around 11.20pm as Natalie had left her mobile phone in the car. He was the last person to see Natalie alive, aside from John Broadhurst. The pair continued drinking in the kitchen of the property and consumed approximately two grams of cocaine. Broadhurst later told police that they also drank a whole bottle of amaretto. What happened next would be heavily disputed in court, but regardless of how it happened, the outcome was the same. Natalie Connolly was found dead at the bottom of the staircase, with the carpet on which she lay soaked in blood. The 26-year-old was dressed in just a black skirt, which had been pulled up to her waist. There were blunt force injuries to her head, buttocks and breasts, and bleach had been sprayed in her face, leaving burns. There was a fracture to her left eye, as well as a large amount of facial bruising. Forty injuries in all. Natalie had also suffered internal injuries that would later be described in court as horrific. On the phone to the operator when reporting what had happened, Broadhurst said Natalie was, quote, dead as a donut. After being invited in, the paramedic Stephen Hill, who treated Natalie at the scene, noted that Broadhurst was upset and looked as though he had only recently got up. When examining Natalie's body, it was evident to the paramedic that rigor mortis had set in. A trial which was expected to last a month and a half began at Birmingham Crown Court. After warning the jurors that the evidence they would be hearing was upsetting, in his opening remarks, David Mason QC said, this case involves the tragic death of Natalie Connolly, who died in what you will almost certainly come to conclude were extremely unusual circumstances. She died virtually naked. She died on her own after she had been left there by a man who said and still says that he loved her. 
in the account put forward by father of three John Broadhurst. He claimed that the couple occasionally practised BDSM. Natalie called him the boss. After the two allegedly engaged in the activity that night, some of which Broadhurst said he was uncomfortable with, Natalie was left at the bottom of the stairs with a head injury. She felt woozy. Broadhurst claimed that when he tried to lift her up, she hit her head on the door. There was also blood on her nose. He said that he could not move her because of problems with what he described as his metal leg. Broadhurst told police that as the house was warm, he left Natalie where she lay. He did not contact an ambulance despite the blood. He did not get Natalie a blanket or a pillow or put her in the recovery position. Clarifying why bleach was found on Natalie's face, Broadhurst said he was cleaning up with it after the two had been sexually active. He reportedly told police in an interview, I got a towel and some spray, some bleach sort of spray to get the blood off the banister and off the door and I wiped her face as I sprayed. I wiped her face with it because I didn't want her to, you know, to look a mess, you know? By his account, Broadhurst alleged that Natalie was fine when he went to bed and he did not intend to hurt her. It was only within the boundaries of her, quote, masochistic desires. There was, however, evidence that Broadhurst was awake at around 6am. The health app data from his iPhone showed that stairs were ascended at 6.06am and he also sent a text message five minutes later asking that his children be dropped off after the agreed time, as along with Natalie, he had been sick as a dog all night. David Mason QC admitted to jurors that it was possible the alcohol Natalie consumed could have killed her on its own. However, a pathologist, Dr. Alexander Kohler, was of the opinion that it was a combination of alcohol and the injuries Natalie sustained. He believed the physical trauma played a part in accelerating her death. The prosecutor expanded on Broadhurst's claim that during what was labelled consensual activity, Natalie was struck numerous times by Broadhurst, not only with his fists, but also objects. The severe internal injuries she received were caused by a bottle of carpet cleaner. The bleach found on her face, it was alleged by the prosecutor, was used to clean up a murder scene. The attack, the Crown argued, was in retaliation to Natalie having contact with several ex-partners through the social media platform Snapchat. Broadhurst did it to, quote, teach her a lesson after she had sent her previous lover a photo of herself in a state of undress. It was alleged that Broadhurst may have seen the messages. One can only imagine the sort of reaction that he might have had, said David Mason QC. The couple, along with Natalie's daughter, had planned to travel to Dubai over the Christmas period, with Natalie leaving the UK a day earlier than Broadhurst. The jury were told that Natalie was communicating with a man she befriended online. He lived in Dubai, 
and she had by all accounts arranged to meet with him while she was away. As the trip was paid for by Broadhurst, this was another reason the prosecutor suggested for why the defendant lashed out. The prosecutor said, Is it the case, as we suggest, that he has totally lost it with her that night, beaten her with fists and weapons, punched or kicked her to the face, severely damaged her private parts and lied about it afterwards to cover his tracks? Trying to understand why Broadhurst left Natalie in the state he did, David Mason QC went on to say, Whether he left her dead or alive, he certainly left her seriously injured. And he must have known that, if she wasn't already dead, there was a substantial risk that if he left her in that state, she might die. That, we say, speaks volumes about his state of mind, because if those injuries that she sustained had been anything other than intentional, why leave her in the way he did? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. 
Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. During the second day of the trial, family members that included both Natalie's twin sister and John Broadhurst's mother provided evidence describing the circumstances of how the couple met, how their relationship progressed, and some intimate details of their love life. Gemma Andrews told jurors that she was close with her sister, and they were open about their relationships. Fighting back the tears from the stand, she described the phone call she received from her mother, telling her the news that her twin sister was dead. Gemma Andrews said, that sent me into total shock and was aware John Broadhurst had been arrested. She was asked by the prosecutor, when you saw them, did it appear that Natalie was really happy with John Broadhurst? Yeah, she did, Gemma Andrews replied. They were involved for about six months before Natalie died. Broadhurst also gave Natalie several hundred pounds a week, which her sister described as living expenses. Gemma Andrews was aware that the couple had occasionally used drugs, but this was not something they would do regularly. Describing her evenings out with her sister, the witness said, I seemed to be the one who was drunk, but Natalie could hold her drink. That was pretty much every time. She had to look after me. She was a happy drunk. An expert witness, Professor Jones, a specialist in the subject of forensic toxicology, would tell the court that the amount of alcohol in Natalie's blood suggested she had consumed the equivalent of five bottles of wine. The professor testified that Natalie was in a life-threatening situation simply due to the amount of alcohol, not to mention the cocaine in her system. He had never seen such high levels of alcohol and the drug together. While this was a considerable piece of testimony, it quickly became apparent that while Broadhurst had also been drinking that day, he was far less intoxicated than Natalie, a fact confirmed through his interview with police. Broadhurst was more able to make rational choices and had far more control over the situation. Gemma Andrews later learned that during his romantic engagements with her sister, Broadhurst struck Natalie's backside with a belt and grabbed her arms. Gemma was shown the marks. Asked if Natalie had ever admitted that she liked what the prosecutor called rough sex, Gemma Andrews replied, Yes. In a statement read to the court, David Mason QC told the jury that Natalie had been to see her mother around two weeks before her death to exchange Christmas presents. She noticed the bruises on Natalie's arms and her daughter admitted that they were from a belt after a sexual encounter with John Broadhurst. Referencing the main character in Fifty Shades of Grey, an erotic novel that helped bring BDSM into the mainstream, Natalie's mother said, Who does he think he is? Christian Grey? The pair later spoke on the phone the day before Natalie died. 
and she told her mother how excited she was to be spending time with Broadhurst in the executive box at the Hawthorns. John Broadhurst's mother had provided a witness statement in which she described her son as being the happiest I've seen him for a couple of years. Recalling the phone conversation she had with her son when he informed her that Natalie was dead, Elaine Broadhurst asked her son if Natalie had had a fit due to her asthma. Broadhurst replied saying, I don't know, just get here quickly. When she arrived, Elaine wasn't allowed to gain access to the property as police and an ambulance crew were attending the scene. Speaking to her son through an open window in the living room, Broadhurst told his mother, Please tell me this is a dream. How much more have I got to put up with? Broadhurst also called his ex-partner Charlotte Dummer, who separated from him during the autumn of 2016, several months before Natalie's death, when she was eight months pregnant. The paramedic at the scene left the house briefly, and found Broadhurst on the phone to someone he called his wife, although the pair had only ever been engaged. I was very bewildered by this phone call. He sounded like he was in shock, Charlotte Dummer told the court. The pair had been in a relationship for seven years, and Charlotte Dummer testified to the jury that her then-partner had never been violent towards her. While some friends and family members saw a happy couple, one of Natalie's friends saw a different side of the relationship. Katie Parker, who described Natalie as a bubbly, loving person and had known her for the last 14 years, said there was a change in her friend when she began seeing John Broadhurst. They'd been shopping together a few weeks before Natalie died. I asked her how she was and she said life was hard. Katie Parker testified. Before I could ask what she meant, the phone rang. It was John Broadhurst. I'd met him for the first time that morning. I was able to hear the call through the hands-free kit. He was asking about Natalie picking up a uniform for his son. He seemed stern. She just agreed to what he asked. After the relationship started, there was a change in Natalie. The way she dressed, her style of clothes... She went from wearing vest tops to being more covered up. She called him the boss. We hosted an Ann Summers party once. Bondage items would be there on sale. She never expressed an interest or talked about it. Our sex lives are not something we spoke about with each other. Another friend of Natalie's, Stephen Lambert, who had known her for around six years, remembered the last time he saw Natalie was on December 12th. She spoke about how Broadhurst had purchased her a car, a Volkswagen Golf, a vehicle that would be pictured next to the emergency vehicles in most articles that initially reported the incident. Stephen Lambert recalled Natalie being clothed in what he described as a jumper dress when he last saw her. She looked very sheepish and pulled down the dress, 
and on both sides of her neck were dark black and blue bruises. They were being hidden, Lambert testified. Natalie told her friend they were strangulation marks. Damien Siviter, a friend to Broadhurst, was at a football match the couple attended on the afternoon of Saturday, December 17th, 2016. Siviter described the couple as being like teenagers in love. He also testified that Broadhurst had mentioned in their conversation that he had beaten and choked Natalie while they were having sex. Broadhurst told his friend that he would need to calm down as someone might notice the bruises on Natalie's body when they went to Dubai. The paramedic who attended the scene, Stephen Hill, also took the stand. He informed the court that after arriving at the property on Kenrose Mill, he asked Broadhurst Natalie's date of birth. Broadhurst said he didn't know. Soon after, Natalie was pronounced dead. Broadhurst appeared from the room where he was asked to stay, inquiring what had happened. He was told to stay in the front room by Stephen Hill. As he did so, Broadhurst remarked that Natalie liked rough sex. The blood-soaked carpet under her body and the bruises that marked her face were noted. Paramedic Stephen Hill went on to tell the court that Broadhurst seemed quite vague and hungover. He wasn't unduly upset. He seemed concerned. As the defence argued its case, an expert witness, a toxicologist Stephen Morley, had analysed the levels of alcohol and cocaine in Natalie Connolly's system. He too testified that the alcohol levels alone could have killed her. The prosecutor had raised the point that Natalie could have developed a tolerance to alcohol, as it was not unusual for her to be able to drink ten pints of cider while on a night out. However, Stephen Vulo QC, acting for the defence, listed Natalie's medical history as she had been admitted to hospital on several occasions for both alcohol intoxication and during 2013 for falling down the stairs while drunk. Doctor's notes made in 2015 showed that Natalie had admitted she was drinking too much, confessing at the time she was unhappy. After examining the alcohol evidence, the topic then turned to Natalie's injuries. Her wounds, both external, made with Broadhurst's fists and a shoe, and internal, caused by a bottle of carpet cleaner. Dr Nicholas Morris told jurors at Birmingham Crown Court that he could find no evidence that the bottle had been used against the victim's will. He was puzzled why a woman of her age had died so quickly. During his testimony, Dr Morris told the court that he would have used surgery to treat a patient if they exhibited the same injuries as Natalie Connolly. I would have got straight into theatre and placed her under anaesthetic with the luxury of working in a hospital, he said. Professor Janesh Gupta, an experienced gynaecologist, listed the internal injuries Natalie suffered caused by the sharp edge of a plastic object. During an interview with police, 
John Broadhurst claimed that the bottle of carpet cleaner broke and he was unable to retrieve the pieces. Professor Gupta agreed with Dr. Nicholas Morris that surgery would have been required as he believed that sutures would be needed to stop the bleeding. The professor was unable to say how much blood was lost as the carpet had absorbed the fluid and stopped it from spreading. As the trial progressed heading towards its conclusion, when the jury arrived at court, they were greeted with the news that John Broadhurst had decided to plead guilty to gross negligence manslaughter. He admitted that he failed in his duty of care to contact the emergency services, instead leaving Natalie at the foot of the stairs. It was said the risk of death due to Natalie's condition would have been obvious. The Crown accepted John Broadhurst's plea. Following legal submissions, the jury were then instructed by the judge to return a verdict of not guilty to both the charges of murder and grievous bodily harm with intent. The prosecution offered no evidence on a charge of assault by penetration, which had not been before the jury. The judge, Mr Justice Julian Knowles, thanked the jury for being exceptionally attentive and told Broadhurst that, You have pleaded guilty to manslaughter. Whilst it is not a charge of murder, it is nonetheless an exceptionally serious offence. All sentencing options remain open. You should be prepared for a custodial sentence of some length. On December 17th, 2018, for the manslaughter of Natalie Connolly, John Anthony Broadhurst was given a sentence of three years and eight months. Broadhurst had been pictured earlier that morning on his way to court dressed in a jacket, jumper, jeans and trainers, carrying a duffel bag. A far cry from the suits he was wearing throughout the trial. Natalie's family, who sat in the public gallery to watch Broadhurst receive his sentence, all wore pink roses pinned to their clothing in her memory. The court was told that Natalie Connolly's daughter had a memory box in which she left letters written to her mother. In one, the ten-year-old wrote, I wanted to cry all day long. I miss her smile, her hugs, her kisses, saying I love you. I will never forget her laugh. I believe Mummy is an angel in heaven. She will have a good and happy life in heaven, and no one will hurt her. I don't like people talking about mummies, because I will never see mine again. David Mason QC told the court at the time that Natalie's family had been consulted and were entirely content with the view that the prosecution had taken. Although Broadhurst was drunk, the prosecutor did not believe that the defendant could not understand that Natalie's life hung in the balance. He showed a blatant disregard for her welfare. Before the judge had decided on Broadhurst's sentence, 
He was told by counsel for the defence, Stephen Vulo QC, that this was not just a case about sex. They fell in love with each other and they set up a home together. This is a case about negligence and somebody losing a loved one, he said. During mitigation, Vulo had said that his client was expecting to spend the rest of his life with Natalie. He did not think that she would come to any harm, as she had, according to Broadhurst, slept in that position the week before, after a heavy night. Vulo stated, When he walked up the stairs, he did not think she would come to any harm. She had slept in that position the week before when they had drunken sex at the bottom of the stairs. He has always felt responsible for the death of Miss Connolly. Addressing the fact Broadhurst's guilty plea came from a proposition by the prosecution, Vulo added, It was the prosecution who came to the defence, not the other way around. The Crown, having heard all of the evidence, took a step back and realised fairly and properly that an allegation of an angry assault leading to Miss Connolly's death was wrong. Handing down his sentence, Mr Justice Knowles first looked at the evidence presented. To John Broadhurst he said, I cannot be sure that Natalie was not capable in fact of consenting, notwithstanding her extreme intoxication, and I will proceed on the basis that she did indicate her consent to being beaten by you with a shoe and with your hand. I also accept that some of the injuries Natalie suffered, including the bruising to her head and the blowout fracture to her left orbit, which were probably her most serious injuries, may have been caused accidentally as she stumbled around in a heavily intoxicated state and collided with objects or caught herself in the face with her watch. I do not hold you responsible for those. However, as I have said, I am satisfied so that I am sure that you caused the bulk of the injuries to Natalie's breasts and her bottom and lower back. In my judgement, this amounted to actual bodily harm of quite a serious type, given the tissue hemorrhaging which Dr. Kohler found to be associated with the bottom or lower back injuries. The authorities are clear that a person cannot in law consent to being subjected to actual bodily harm or grievous bodily harm for the purposes of sexual pleasure and I reject Mr. Vulo's submission to the contrary. Summing up, Mr. Justice Knowles told Broadhurst, I consider that you showed blatant disregard for a very drunk and injured woman. By that, I meant that her need for medical treatment was obvious, and to recognise it did not require any high degree of insight or a difficult judgement call. I do accept, however, that drunken bleeding, though she was, it may not have been obvious to you that without treatment she was at very high risk of dying as a combination of her injuries and her alcohol and drug intoxication. The judge went on to say, I bear in mind everything which has been said on your behalf in writing and orally. I give you full credit of one third discount for your plea of guilty and I treat you as a man of good character and you only have one unrelated previous conviction. I have regard to your good character more broadly for the other reasons that you have been advanced. You are a successful businessman. I accept that you are a loving father and the sole carer of a son and were a good partner in your previous relationships. I also accept that you love Natalie and were planning a future together with her and her daughter and your son. Nonetheless, 
This offence is so serious that only a custodial sentence is justified. I take as my starting point five years, six months imprisonment, 66 months. Your offence is aggravated by the fact that you were under the influence of drink and drugs, although I also recognise that this was an aspect of your breach. In other words, I accept that your decision to go to bed was taken in drink, and I guard against risk of double counting. But there is no escaping the fact that the whole context of the sequence of events which led to Natalie being badly injured and potentially fatally intoxicated was the taking of drink and drugs. On the other hand, as I have said, I have regard to your good character and lack of previous convictions and all the other matters urged upon me. I accept what is said in the pre-sentence report about your remorse. The aggravating and mitigating factors balance out, leaving a sentence of five years and six months. I reduce that by one-third to reflect your plea of guilty, producing a sentence of 44 months imprisonment, i.e. three years and eight months. John Broadhurst stood straight-faced, and barely reacted when his sentence was passed. He would serve half his sentence behind bars and the remainder from the outside world on licence. After the verdict... Natalie's family labelled Broadhurst a callous, disrespectful person who had never publicly apologised or shown any remorse for his actions. They believed that if Broadhurst had acted sooner, Natalie might very well be alive. In a statement from the family, they said their lives were changed forever. Speaking of a child who was now left without a mother, part of the statement read, Natalie was a loving and caring daughter, granddaughter and sister, but above all, she was a loving mother to her ten-year-old daughter, who now has to grow up without her mummy by her side, through all those significant times in a young girl's life. With the news of John Broadhurst's conviction reaching the public, nearly two years to the day that Natalie Connolly died, there was an outcry that his sentence was unduly lenient. Broadhurst would likely be eligible for release on licence in August 2020. Shortly before Christmas 2018, MP Harriet Harmon, former Solicitor General, was appalled by the judge's decision to hand Broadhurst 44 months for the crime and took to Twitter to vent her frustrations along with thousands of other users of the social media platform. In one tweet, Harmon wrote, I've asked Attorney General to examine this file and consider whether it's right to refer to the Court of Appeal as an unduly lenient sentence. In what she called the Fifty Shades of Grey defence, Referencing the erotic novel of the same name, Harmon was frustrated because the victim had been permanently silenced, unable to speak her truth. The MP was later interviewed by a journalist from the independent newspaper, saying, This is a very ominous development. 
We stopped men getting away with murder by blaming their wife's infidelity. And now we've got a new version of male justification for homicide. When a woman is dead, she can't speak for herself. Any man charged with killing a current or former partner or prostitute could simply say she wanted it. Under the unduly lenient sentence scheme, any member of the public can make a request for the Attorney General to look at a sentence if they feel it's too low. They don't have to be involved in the case, and if the Attorney General agrees, they must refer the application to the Court of Appeal within 28 days of the sentence being passed. Natalie Connolly's father was interviewed by BBC West Midlands Radio and spoke about the sentence Broadhurst received. He said, It's disgraceful, basically, to say you can be out in 22 months for doing what he did to my daughter. We can't believe it. The way he left her at the bottom of the stairs, no dignity, no well-being, was disgraceful. The way he disregarded her, never phoned any emergency services, basically left her to die. We have to come to terms with what happened to her through the court system. In the new year, a month after the trial, the Attorney General Geoffrey Cox had reviewed the decision made by Mr Justice Knowles. In the response which Harriet Harman posted on Twitter, the Attorney General first wrote of his sympathies and explained that several referrals had been made to his office, one of which was from Natalie's family. Geoffrey Cox requested copies of all the paperwork in relation to the sentence. When the Attorney General had first heard of the crime and its respective sentence of 44 months, he also believed there may have been an error. Upon reviewing the evidence submitted, it was clear the CPS did initially pursue charges of murder and assault by penetration. However, after all the evidence had been presented in court, the prosecution team were concerned that the jury may not return a guilty verdict. Subsequently, a meeting was held between the police, CPS, the prosecuting counsel and Natalie's family. They all agreed that if John Broadhurst submitted a guilty plea to gross negligence manslaughter, then that plea would be accepted, but the murder charge dismissed. Upon reviewing whether the sentence was too lenient, the Attorney General had asked himself if the judge made a severe error and passed a sentence no reasonable judge would apply in those circumstances. Jeffrey Cox concluded that the judge approached the sentencing in the correct way. He wrote, I have concluded that the sentence was not outside the range of sentences that were reasonably available to the judge. I do not believe that I can properly argue that the judge fell into gross error when imposing the sentence. It would therefore not be right for me to refer the sentence to the Court of Appeal. Harriet Harman tweeted that she was bitterly disappointed by the decision, saying the practice of placing the blame on female victims needs to stop. In an opinion piece for the Huffington Post, she wrote, Men are now getting away with murder literally by using the rough sex defence.
after John Broadhurst had served almost a year of his sentence, he appealed to have a reduction in the time he was to spend in jail. This further frustrated those fighting to raise awareness surrounding domestic abuse. Mark Garnier, MP for Wire Forest, was quoted as saying, I'm dumbfounded. The reality of it is John Broadhurst carried out appalling abuse of Natalie Connolly. He doesn't seem to be a very nice piece of work. It will be interesting to see what the outcome of this appeal is going to be. Frankly, it will be a slap in the face for Natalie, her family and friends if the sentence is reduced. It is simply breathtaking. Voicing her concerns, Lucy Hadley, campaigns and policy manager for the charity Woman's Aid, spoke with a reporter for the Express and Star. She said, With domestic homicides at a five-year high, we need to see sentences that reflect the gravity and severity of this devastating crime, and those sentences need to be properly enforced. Every four days, another woman is killed by her partner or ex-partner in England and Wales. We owe it to the women who have lost their lives and their families to ensure that their perpetrators face the full force of the law and are not seen to be getting off lightly. Light sentencing sends a dangerous message to perpetrators and makes our communities less safe. During the middle of November 2019, John Broadhurst was told that his application to have his sentence reduced had been rejected. He claimed it was manifestly excessive. In their ruling, the three appeal judges, Mr Justice Warby, Judge Sarah Monroe QC and Lord Justice Holroyd, made it clear that the judge did not err when assessing Natalie Connolly's need for medical attention arose because of the actions taken by the appellant. The judgment read, We have no doubt that the judge in assessing culpability was entitled to take into account the important fact that the need for medical assistance arose in part because the applicant had himself caused serious injury to Miss Connolly, whether he did so lawfully or unlawfully. We agree with the observation of the judge that to ignore that fact would be to ignore an important feature of the case. Lord Justice Holroyd added, On any view, this offence has not only ended one life, but has blighted many others. On the subject of Broadhurst's rejected appeal, MP Mark Garnier said, This is absolutely how it should be. It was a hideous case, and it seems that justice has prevailed. I am delighted that the case has failed. So where are we now? Following the verdict and sentencing, a group of campaigners came together under the name We Can't Consent to This and sought to make amendments to the Domestic Abuse Bill to ensure that murder charges are brought against anyone who kills an individual during sexual intercourse. The proposition would mean that a prosecutor had to seek the agreement from the Director of Public Prosecutions if a charge of manslaughter alone was to be pursued. The founder of We Can't Consent to This, Fiona McKenzie, said the defence was being used more frequently 
in both murder and assault cases. The law as it stands means that a person could be charged with manslaughter, not murder. There needs to be proof of an intention to kill a person or to cause them grievous bodily harm. Along with support from MPs Harriet Harman and Mark Garnier, the group hoped this change in the law would reduce intimate partner violence. When interviewed by a reporter for the BBC, Garnier said, We were worried that the prosecuting barrister didn't show a significant amount of nerve or braveness in terms of prosecuting the full case of murder. We want to make sure that administrative change within the law is done, so that this can't happen again, so that someone like Natalie's killer is not let off with a lesser charge. However, there were some barristers who believed that the proposed change to the domestic abuse bill should not be taken lightly, or a decision made hastily, at least until a wide-ranging debate surrounding the implications were undertaken. Some opposed the change altogether. Miles Jackman, who has been described as Britain's leading obscenity lawyer and professes to specialise in sexual liberties, argued that the change would intrude into a person's freedom and human rights. Referencing the case of Grace Mullane, a 22-year-old graduate from the University of Lincoln who was strangled to death in New Zealand following an arranged meeting through a dating app, Jackman said that an individual who accidentally kills someone during rough sex should not be punished in the same way as someone who deliberately preys on victims that they find on Tinder. In an opinion piece writing for The Guardian, journalist Barbara Ellen addressed the so-called rough sex defence and Natalie Connolly's death. The journalist wrote, Rough sex means different things to different people, and even very serious BDSM practitioners would have a safe word to stop things going too far. This overplayed rough sex angle comes across as cynical victim-blaming. It fails to address 40 injuries and bleach sprayed on her face. Ellen went on to write that, Increasingly, there's an argument for losing the word domestic altogether and just calling it what it is, violence, mainly against women, usually extreme and all too often fatal. Campaigners continue to push for change with a website, wecantconsenttothis.uk, being set up that provides the public with a method through which they can easily petition their MPs to end the so-called rough sex defence. The site lists at least 60 examples of women who had been killed at the hands of their partners, men who alleged that the women they killed consented to the violence that ended their lives. The website reads, Despite case law in England and Wales supposedly being clear, in 45% of cases, these defences work. They result in the killing being prosecuted with a lesser charge or not treated as a crime at all. And there has been a tenfold increase in consent defences to violent injury and killing in the last 10 years. The law should be clear, but to claim consensual activity gone wrong gives too good a chance of a lesser charge, lighter sentence or a death not being investigated as a crime at all.
Thank you for listening. A special thank you goes out to our new Patreon producer, Nigel Gibson, and everyone who supports us through Patreon. Information on this episode can be found in the show notes or on our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.